I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Feel Good Friday, our weekly segment where we dive into the weird and wild news in the world of health. This week, vibrators are for more than just your genitals. Morning sickness unlocked. Whale talk and let me smell your tears. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. I mean... So, you know, so I'm, I'm watching. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to well, the year 2024. Welcome. Probably the last year um, of? of human civilization. Right. Yep. I mean, if we say that every year, we will maybe eventually. No, no, it's, right. it's true. It's, it, it's happening this year. This is the year because uh, there, the, there was that giant earthquake on the uh-huh. very first day in Japan. Oh, there's oh, a I, movie called Civil War. I didn't coming hear out. about that. You didn't know. you didn't hear about the. 7.3 no. magnitude earthquake that hit Japan. No. Really? Oh, uh, Dude, that's how much, that's how much crazy news there are. Cause I've heard a lot of other crazy things. There's lots of crazy news. There yeah. was a, a plane that hit another plane on the runway in Japan today. That's, uh, uh, I think it was yesterday, but yeah. Um, almost everyone got off the plane. Yep. Uh, yeah, the which world. I get, you know, it's like, it maybe you really should take your fucking earplugs out. Or your, your 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 headphones off when they're giving that little speech, you know, right? Just a little, just a little refresher isn't going to hurt. You know, for a moment like you know, that, uh, you, you know? know, you know what's funny because Brian's not here, so we can really um <clears throat> we can really lay it on him. But Brian's the type of guy that if you're on a plane, that if he was on a flight, especially if he was on a two leg flight, let's say we're going to Vancouver, we stop over in Toronto get on our second flight. He's the type of guy that when the safety procedure uh, spiel starts getting given. Yeah. And, and they go, sir, could you please take your headphones off? Brian's the type of person that would go, I heard this an hour ago. Okay. Brian has, um, he's really upset (laughs) with, um, with customer service. Yeah. I, he it's customer service in general. It is. It is. He's got that issue where, where the backseat of his car is a garbage truck. And then the other issue is that he just anyone trying to help from a from a from a from a from a from a like consumer standpoint, like yeah. someone who's offering service to customer. Yeah. He just I don't know. It's like if uh, it's not psychological therapeutic help, he don't want it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, what's that thing? Uh, uh, defiant disorder that that some kids, like young kids, have um, oppositional defiance disorder or something. Like that. It's it's like it's kids that are just like fucking no, like no all the time, and the, and it's like really, uh, mm. uh, it, it it can become like really, yeah, uh, a real pain in the dick when you're as a parent. Oppos- it's even with with Brian, it's even more of a pain in the dick. As oppositional an adult. defiant disorder. ODD is a type of behavior disorder. It's mostly diagnosed in children. Ch- uh, children with ODD are uncooperative, defiant, and hostile towards customer service representatives. 
That's Brian's got <laughs> customer service ODD. You know, it's funny is that it's even more of a pain in the ass with Brian in other settings. Like when, when it's not a customer service thing. Like oh, I thought you were going to say like when we were trying to get a credit card for our business and then we got uh, locked yeah. out of it for yeah. Yeah, two years because Brian because he yelled at a customer service <laughs> representative um, from RBC and then we got blacklisted. He's going to be so upset. Card. That <laughs> but you know, when we're sitting around with, when we're, when we're sitting around, we're trying to, we're trying to like mull through something that we all need to agree on yeah. or we all need to like get to some consensus. And like Brian's, I'm not going to say he's always the holdout, but like, I would say, I would say a half the time he's the holdout and, and, but Brian, Brian defies and says no, but it's masked in, in, he, he masks it in language of I'm, I'm, I'm listening and I'm open and I'm receptive, but really he's just going, no. (laughs) Okay. So. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today is uh, is uh, dildos. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish uh, you might have heard about this. Um, there's uh, so you know we, there was all this talk in 2023 about um, uh, you know those like weight loss pill Ozempic. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, Wagovi. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah. Which I, which every time I read that, I think of like Flus- a really nice beef. Flusmovi. There's a, they're all sound sort of the same. Um, Wegovi. Uh, well, there's a new, there's a new obesity drug potential coming to town mm-hmm. that could shake up the, the Ozempic and the Wegovi world, mm-hmm. which are, apparently are very expensive. And that's oh, yeah? one of the barriers to access for a lot of oh, people. I'm not really, I have, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about the cost. Actually. Yeah. Apparently they're, they're just like super, uh, prohibitively expensive. Um, this new pill. So you haven't heard this yet. Uh, no. Sweet. Okay, cool. I've so, heard of some new, I've heard of like, I've heard of new, <laughs> this is trippy. um, new pills and I, and I, and recently I know that there was something along the lines of, um, an, a, 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 a like prolonged exposure, uh, negative, uh, side effect that was going on with one of them. I can't remember which one yeah. it was, but anyway, this is very, very different from those. So this is literally just a vibrating pill. You swallow the pill. It goes into your belly. And it just fuck it like a, like uh, a phone's going off in your gut. And does it uh, does it just shake away uh, fat cells? No. Do you no. remember? Do you remember those? Do you remember? Yes, the, the, do you remember the thing that you that yeah. was the infomercial thing that you like put on your stomach? Yeah. And it would just shake your stomach. Yeah, and like it was like the 1950s, and like housewives would put like just stand, just stand, <laughs> and it was like this belt, and it was like <laughs> turn this thing off. I'm dry. That thing would have gave me <laughs> such a raging boner. Um, so MIT likens a new vibrating capsule to drinking a glass full of water prior to eating. Uh, now, this is something that dietitians have recommended uh, in doing as a method for sending signals to your brain to simulate the sensation of being full. Uh, the researchers behind the new project further suggested it as a future, al- future alternative to surgery and GLP-1s, um, which include things like Ozempic and Wigovi. Um, so the pill, the pill somehow does something vi- vibrating, and the vibrating is is uh, like off puts your hunger. Your, your yeah, exactly. So so <laughs> MIT's capsules have uh, they've seen some laboratory success. Uh, they've given test animals the pill twenty minutes before eating, which reduced their consumption by about forty percent. Oh, wow. um, like the glass of water trick, the capsule stimulates uh, mechanoreceptors, which send a signal to the brain through the vagus nerve. And once activated, the brain kicks off the production of insulin, GLP-1, C-peptide, and PYY hormones, 
decreasing hunger while ramping up the digestion process. So it's literally a pill the size of like, um, like a, a like a standard dildo. Uh, multi yeah standard standard like six inch dildo, um, and you gotta guzzle this thing down. You gotta you just gotta like open up your throat and just like gluck gluck the pill all the way down. That's, this is a video of someone swallowing the pill. Uh, so, so yeah, no, but it's, it's literally just like a multivitamin and it's got, it's got like a little motor, a little engine in it. And sorry, what? Yeah, I swear to God. So, so the, so, okay. So, so it, it's roughly the size of a multivitamin. It contains a vibrating motor powered by a silver oxide battery. And after you swallow it, it gets in your stomach. The gastric acid dissolves the outside layer, which completes the circuit kickstarting the engine the vibration you know um, they, they know what they need to do with this is they need to stop using they need to really not use all the language that we for sure associate with, with don't eat that <laughs> yeah yeah right with, <laughs> like, with don't put it in your mouth like i yeah. get it that, that i get it that battery is not necessarily yeah. like a one thing and it, it it takes a whole bunch of different forms but you're, when you say battery there are um, your mommy and daddy are always telling you, don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> Let's find out. Hi, to- kids. Totally Hi, fucking ruin this reason. commercial, Tell right? A little story about why you shouldn't put things in Batteries. your mouth when you don't <laughs> yeah. know what they are, yeah. and why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, <laughs> some bad food, or some poison, you could. Or a pill with a battery in it. Get very sick. <laughs> I want to be sick. Like using pills like bat using using words like battery and motor. Yeah. Because <laughs> then somebody's gonna yeah. go, well, the motor's got motor oil. Yeah. It's a- You're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to drink motor oil. There are some dim dim ding dongs out there. But I mean, it is. <clears throat> it's like. Oh, it might look good to eat. Oh, it, oh, it might, might look, look good, good to eat. eat. And it might look good to taste. Do they say like a muffin or a beet? Like a muffin or a beet. Which was just, um, I mean, muffins, which I th- muffins. Yes. Yeah. Beets. I, I don't think, know. Like, I feel like that. Well, maybe they're kind they're of just trying to push beets on. Totally. Kids. They're just trying to get yeah. kids to eat stuff. Uh, yeah. So, so the, uh, behavioral change is profound and that's using the endogenous system rather than any exogenous therapeutic associate professor Giovanni Traverso said, uh, we have the potential to overcome some of the challenges and costs associated with delivery of biological drug, biologic drugs by modulating the entric nervous system. Um, so hmm. obviously they've, they've done this on animals, but uh, they're, they're still working to determine if, the, <laughs> if, these, little, if these little miniature cars are, <laughs> are safe for human consumption. Uh, but at scale, our device could be manufactured at a pretty cost-effective price point, says doc researcher uh, Shirya Srinivasan. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like, cause I'm not even really sure what the, like the, what the mechanism of action is for, um, for all those other drugs. I'm assuming based on just inferring what they're saying there, I'm assuming they're biologics, um, which are complicated and expensive, um, to, well, to they, manufacture. They refer to them as GLP ones and GLP one is a class of drugs commonly called, uh, glucagon like peptide uh, agonist uh, it's a second class of drugs that may lead to weight loss improved uh, blood sugar um, but I don't know what a, a glucagon like peptide one is like like how it works in the body um, yeah I mean obviously like the difference there is that 
You've got medications that are that are that are introducing a certain um, a certain chemical to the body that's causing a reaction to lead to the the result or the outcome of what you're looking to do. Whereas this pill just goes in and does a physical action that tricks the body into thinking something's happening when it isn't. And so the body autonomically kickstarts the yeah. process to avoid. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, the, wild? this is like these pills for drug companies is like AI and tech right now. It's mm. the same. It's this, it's like an arms race to who is going to do it the best, who is going to get, <clears throat> who's going to get the most, um, the most effective while being the safest thing to take yeah. to bring weight loss down. And, um, uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think if we can get it right, cause again, like the, all these drugs are going, these drugs are relatively new. So it's, I think they're really wanting to further understand like on a populations on a population level, like how are these how are these drugs going to behave when they're being taken for multiple years? Um, and uh, I think one of the one of the criticisms of I think it was Wagovi was that, which isn't surprising, was that as soon as you came off of it, you were extremely likely to to put all the weight back on, like a bounce back. So like you just have a huge bounce back effect if you if you come off the drug, um, which isn't great. Um, and maybe they're they're they'd be wanting to work towards like more long term solutions, but I guess I mean for the drug company it's probably good <clears throat> from a from a profit perspective of like keeping somebody on a pill. So, um, but I mean, heart disease, heart disease and metabolic dysfunction is like the number one killer of people globally, and and that's driven by weight. Basically, mm-hmm. um, in a you know an oversimplified way. So like, if you could get a drug, man, like exercise and food and like and food consumption, those are so hard to accomplish. Like to do to do that to 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 push that as like this is how we solve this problem. Like I feel like we're just I feel like as a population we're past it, and I just mean that as from like a from like a this is not going to solve this problem anymore. It can be a, it can help and it can be a, it can be a, uh, do you mean the introduction of meds like this or just, you mean like the, the inability for people to, you know, whatever, hear the importance of nutrition exercise, like that. Not necessarily it. hear it, but implement it. That, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I, when I say hear, I mean like yeah. hear it and, and yeah. put it. I don't to think, I, I'm sure that there's a, I'm sure that there's a big swath of population that, uh, that, that, that need to hear it and, and, and don't, yeah. they just, they, whatever that, for whatever reason. Um, but I think most people hear it, acknowledge it, understand it, but then the implementation of it. And I mean like, and I, and I mean this from like a very compassionate place. Like it's, that's very, it's so hard to do. Oh yeah. Especially with just like, I mean, food talking about like cost cost oh, yeah. of cost of healthy food that's just what that's just one like, tiny sliver of the and whole it's, fucking and picture, it's like right? it's exorbitant i mean healthy yeah. food is way more expensive yeah. than shit food i this and then exercise is like did an exercise exercise is time yeah exercise is a lot of time and time a lot of people don't have because the demands of yeah making enough money to buy 
the food or pay for the rent or whatever. Like exercise yeah. is no joke. This uh, this MIT vibrating capsule thing got me excited uh, more so because of the thought. So like, you know, I, I, I think we've talked a lot in the past about like the 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 ways in which AI. Uh, it seems, you know, AI seems to be expanding at this incredible rate. And a lot of the people that are proponents for it and the people that are that criticize it and like are, you know, sort of um, not skeptics, but like uh, the people that are very cautious about the idea of AI. There's like there's two sort of, you know, if we hit the singularity, there's two sort of there's two sort of paths that that we that we have an option to kind of branch out into and one is like the dystopian like oh we're fucked the, all the robots are going to kill us and it's terminator and then we'll have to go back in time and find you know some kid who's this you know or mm. some this woman mm-hmm. because her her son was the guy who led the revolt That's to right. kill the you know and so we want to make sure that like that that whoever we sent back in time impregnates her so that he can be born so we can right, right? so there's that but then there's the other side which is that technology that like AI is going to hit this point where we don't have to, we don't have to invent anything anymore. AI is going to um, invent everything we've ever needed to solve all the world's problems like war and hunger and yada, yada, whatever, you know, so it's very utopian. And, um, but in those discussions about the utopian side, and this is very like black mirror, there's the discussion of like, Oh yeah, well, you know, we will get to a point where, whether we do it or the AI helps us, we'll get to a point where we can implement nanobots that you put into your body that will do the processes that your body can do, but maybe cannot do as well as they could when you were 15, mm-hmm. but they'll do it just as well, if not 10 times better when you're 80. And it will extend our lives by magnitude that just an unbelievable amount of time and this is like the fucking caveman version of that totally you know it's like you take this pill that goes in you it sits in you and then it does a thing to like help you you know help your body process or help your body do this one certain action so so like um i'm excited for that heart I, so you know hopefully you so know. you think about heart disease heart disease again um ascvd atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of people everywhere. Um, Men and women doesn't matter everywhere in the world. That's the, that's the number one killer. And by like, by, by like 40% greater than cancer. So it's like, it's cancer second. It's way more than cancer. Um, Like 20 million people every year die of heart disease globally. Um, And we are basically, um, you, when you get a, when you have uh, heart disease, um, this is a crazy stat that I just heard. Fifty percent of people who have heart disease. What do you think? What do you think is the first symptom that fifty percent of people with heart disease uh, notice as their first symptom? That they want to go down the hill, steal all the roast beef, uh, steal all the presents, put them all into a giant sack and bring them back right. up the hill into a cave. Right. Because the Grinch did, in fact, have heart 
disease. Yeah. Um, death. Oh. 50% of all people with heart disease, their very first symptom is that they die. I wasn't far off. I mean, that's like the death of Christmas. Isn't that insane? That's wild. That, 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 there, that's, a wild, that, that, that's a wild symptom. 50, yeah. 50 people. 50% <laughs> that symptom of, sucks. 50% of people who have heart disease have no idea until they are not alive anymore. Yeah, I'll stick with CF and, 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 and have the symptom <clears throat> of sick abs. So like, so, that. and heart disease, the thing about heart disease, and this is all to get to a greater point of what you were just talking about, is that heart disease starts like basically like the moment you're born because you have everybody has some degree of heart disease some people accelerate it with um and this is because of a molecule that carries your cholesterol around um some people accelerate it uh because of lifestyle choices some people just have genetically have like a higher proponent it runs in their family heart disease is like is very genetically linked um but we have like a ton of ways to mitigate that. We have a we have a number of like we understand how it works really well, and we have quite a few ways to to mitigate it. Um, the problem is is that the way that we treat it is we we wait until we're like fifty to really like take a close look at it. Wait till it's like, it's like really we should yeah. be looking at it when we're twenty. But this is all to say <laughs> that you know we I I, I kind of I expect I'll probably live to like maybe maybe a hundred. Maybe even 110, if like if with the way that we're going. I mean, we're still super young. What about the way that you're going though? (laughs) The way that I'm going. You ever consider that? Yeah, yeah, right. Versus so like what? Like one? What do you think? One thirty? (laughs) You're thinking higher. Continue. Right, Zaya. Folks, he's gonna get hit by another car like in the next <laughs> fucking week, and he doesn't like wearing helmets. No, I do. Yes, but this I do. guy, one hundred and thirty. I, I do like. I do like wearing helmets. Uh, dude, Zaya, kids being born today. Oh yeah, man. They'll, they'll be old. They, they'll be. They're, they're, it's gonna suck for them, dude. I mean, I think they're gonna be I, so fucking old. It's gonna suck. I think. I think a pretty realistic expectation is that they'll be living until they're two hundred. I think one hundred and fifty is probably easy assumption, considering what we're what we are flirting with now. I had this, I, I had don't, this. I don't think I agree with you. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because, uh, because I think there are a ton of other factors that you may not be accounting for that very, very likely could decimate that number and actually probably lower that number. Maybe even lower than what it is now. And do you mean that from like Things the like, perspective of like, like like climate change and that uh, type of thing? Well, yeah, you've, you've got that. You've got. I mean, I wasn't even thinking that, but yeah, that's one. Sure. Let's let's say let's say that that uh, that continues to become a problem the way that it seems to be. Uh, that would that would play a role. Um, you've got the like the science coming in, but like the the microplastics fucking everywhere, um, and then and then in turn that leading to. You know, just the sperm count fucking tanking. Um, so like, and not to say that, I mean, that obviously has nothing to do with someone's age if they're already born, but there are, there's a bunch of, there are a bunch of factors. There's a bunch of bummerness in the world that are currently at play that I can, about- I can very much see taking a big old chunk out of our life expectancy in you know, whatever, in the next hundred years. Next hundred years, but you've forgotten about the place where we are right now and the place where we likely will be in five or ten years with AI and what that means. Because if we... Well, but again, there's those two paths, so it could go down the Terminator route, which also yeah, would, which would also... Route. You can't say that. You can't yeah. go, nah. 
You got to, you have to be open to the possibility that actually for real, I'm open to it. I just think it's less because there's a lot of fucking smart people that are going, Hey, yo, slow the fuck down with this shit. Slow it down. You guys are, you guys are fucking with a, you guys are fucking with a toy that should not be fucking played with right now. It's, I mean, you know, I'm just saying that Pandora's box is already open though. We're not going to slow down. And so, (laughs) right. Case in point. (laughs) That's my point. It's like, it's open. So, I mean, I'm an optimist are, in it, sure, in it sure. all. So. And my, my whole point here is just that it is, it, is, it is just as likely that, you know, in the way that you're like, yeah, I feel like, I feel pretty confident saying that like Zaya might live to a 200. I feel like, sure, I, yeah, I see that. But I think it is just as, it is a 50-50 fucking coin flip for it to go the opposite direction. I don't really have anything to back up why I think it's not 50-50, but. So I won't go into it, but yeah, it's just not, I don't feel, I don't feel 50, 50. I mean, I get, I, I, understand. I wonder how 50, 50 you feel when, uh, when we're sitting in here one day recording and then both of these windows just flash, just such a bright flash that we just go, ah, and we can't see anything. And then, and then, and then, and then we're we turn gone. and we see our shadows have been fucking <laughs> pasted onto the wall yeah. behind us. And then we're gone. And then we're like, well, 50, 50. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the end of the world. Uh, let's move right on to this uh, very, very groundbreaking uh, uh, moment in in scient- biological scientific history. I guess um, this is pretty cool. Scientists had a groundbreaking conversation with a humpback whale in her own language, and uh, it could help humans chat with aliens one day. Does this have anything? Was this have anything to do with uh, Azaraskin? Was it? Was that name ever dropped in that? No, I don't think so. Azaraskin? Yeah, he's a he's a, him and um, Tristan Harris made the social dilemma. No, um, no that's nothing. To and do with he's that at all. but now he has a company trying to speak using to AI to try speak and with animals sp- use language with animals. Yeah, so so there's actually there's quite a few um, uh, very like highly regarded, very respectable scientists out there trying to do exactly that, but it goes beyond it. it there's there, it goes beyond just animals. So like there's this almost, um, uh, there's a psychologist, Isla Whitley, Isla Whitley. She's like, um, she's a, she is a space psychologist or psychiatrist. One or the other. Anyway, her job, she works with NASA and her job is to, uh, work with the astronauts when they come down from the ISS to assess their mental health. And like, cool. she's one of the people that's d- like put sunk a fuckload of research into like the overview effect, which we've covered on the show before. Um, and she is a team of people right now working on a similar thing, but it's like, it's much broader and it's like a, it's literally like trying to find like the, u- like the universal language from, from a, um, and I mean that like all encompassing so universal language, um, like Amy Adams in Arrival, kind of. But like how to how to communicate with like the mycelium, how to communicate with the trees, how to communicate with like things that maybe we think of as inanimate, but perhaps there's some you know like I, I guess really they're like tr- they're trying to tap into like the the collective consciousness. Um, this is a little bit different, but I mean it's all kind of it's all sort of in the same lane. 
uh, or similar lane at least, all on the same highway, we'll say. Um, so, so for a, a recent study published in the peer-reviewed journal Peer J, scientists from UC Davis, the Alaska Whale Foundation, and SETI, which is the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, teamed up, and their mission was to communicate with whales. It seems like they did. Uh, in a landmark experiment, the team had a 20-minute conversation with a humpback whale named Twain in Twain's own language. Uh, Twain and the scientists talked about the upcoming, um, the upcoming, the upcoming HL playoffs and what they think. Oh, maybe this is a joke. Hold on. Hold on a second. Here. Twain and the scientists Stop talked it. about Stop the Hartford Whalers. Stop. Oh, that's so funny. Twain thought the Hartford Whalers were still a team and they were, they were offended by have their no, name and their logo. I have Holy no shit. idea oh, okay. what's going on here. Um, so it, <laughs> is this all a gag? Is this an Onion article that you, uh, that you did not No, this understand? is This is real. And so, so oh, they, ha oh, they, have a, they ha actually have um, there's audio here of them talking with Twain. Oh, 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 big fella. Big fella. Whale. Okay. Maybe he only speaks whale. Wow. Um, yeah, so Twain and the scientists didn't talk about the weather or the latest fish gossip. Um, we're, <laughs> we're probably quite a long ways from that level of understanding. But what did happen was actually pretty cool. The scientists sailed a boat off the coast of Alaska and played what's called contact call into the ocean to see if any whales would respond. Contact calls are similar to uh, a human greeting, like, Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Okay, so in, so so they're more, they're more like they're it's more like um uh hello, good gentleman, good sir, nice pleasure to meet you. Don't leave me hanging. My I am looking to say hello. Shake my hand, good sir. That's that's what normal people usually say. So uh uh, but in whale. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't speak whale. So, um, so they were doing that. They were doing a contact call. <clears throat> and, um, oh, sorry. I thought you were yawning. Yeah, but that was a good try. Um, so, quote, they are one of the most common signals within the humpback whale social sound repertoire. Fred Sharp, co-author and principal investigator with the Alaska Whale Foundation, told Business Insider. Um, sure enough, Twain swam up to the boat after the, the contact call, circled it, and for the next 20 minutes, the scientist emitted the same contact call 36 different times at varying intervals, and Twain responded to the call each time, even closely matching the intervals, which I think is kind of funny. It's like, they're just like, hello, and the whale's like, hello, and they're like, hello, and the whale's like, hello, <laughs> and they're like, holy God, this is amazing, hello, and the whale's like, <laughs> yeah oh, yeah hello what the fuck guy <laughs> i said it yeah um but this is actually kind of interesting so so if the scientists waited like 10 seconds before playing a call back to twain twain would turn in turn would wait 10 seconds to give it back to them um and this type of interval matching suggests that twain was engaged in an intentional exchange 
Um, quote, it certainly felt like we had been heard, Sharp told uh, Business Insider. Emphasizing Which is really that, all they wanted. Emphasizing that their work is done with a uh, permit from the National Marine Fisheries Services and readers should not try to do this at home or at sea. Did they have anything where they, where after they felt heard, they also felt seen? <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, good question. Uh, they said, we believe this is the first such communicative, communicative exchange between humans and humpback whales in the humpback language. Um, the calls came from humpback whales. This, this part's also really funny. The calls came from humpback whales the researchers had recorded from a small group of whales just the day before. Uh, the group had in included Twain, so it's possible that Twain was just responding to her own signal. Just coming over being like, what the fuck, man? Holy shit, is that me? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> That's funny. Um, so they said, we might have been playing her own hello to her. Okay, so what does this have to do with talking to aliens? This is actually kind of a cool part. So right, I completely Adam, forgot about that. Amy part. Adams from um, from Arrival is actually a really fantastic example. If you've never seen it, um, oh, ten out of ten film, amazing it. movie. Uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, basically his like it was it was the it was the film that probably gave him the permission to be able to do Dune. Um, fucking awesome, awesome, heartfelt uh, sci-fi. You just heard a you just heard a real you just heard a real film buffs take there. I just yeah, just you did. Down. And 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 a guy who loves aliens. And so that's uh, so it turns out Twain's behavior could be akin to how intelligent alien races may seek humanity out," said Lawrence Doyle, a principal investigator at, investigator at SETI, um, and who co-authored the paper. "Quote: An important assumption of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence is that extraterrestrials will be interested in making contact." And so target human receivers, sort of like how Twain responded to the contact calls from the scientists. Doyle and his colleagues at SETI are working with whale and animal experts at UC Davis and the Alaska Whale Foundation to create intelligent filters to aid in their search for extraterrestrial intelligence. If ETs are out there sending us signals trying to communicate, we may miss them if we don't even know what to look for. So by perfecting these intelligence filters... Uh, scientists could use them to identify intelligent signals from space in attempt to make first contact with an alien race. Quote, there are diverse intelligences on this planet, and by studying them, we can better understand what an alien intelligent, intelligence might, might be like because they're not going to be exactly like ours, McCowan said. Mm. Uh, whale researcher research has in, indicated if you are intelligent, curiosity comes along with that and you want to make contact, Doyle said. <clears throat> Scientists said they hope similar work can be carried out with other intelligent animals on Earth, including other uh, Cretaceous. Cretaceous? Cetaceous. Yes. Cetaceans. Is it? I thought it was. I thought there was an R in there. Could be a typo. Cetaceans. Like dolphins, carnivores that cooperate to, uh, that cooperate to hunt and other highly social species like <clears throat> meerkats and elephants. I'd love to have a conversation with a meerkat. Um, you know what this makes me isn't think that of? Neat, though? <clears throat> this makes me think of although although I think I think that's awesome and it should be done and there should be people working on stuff like that. When I think about that and go, like, what are the what are the odds that like this work will end up being helpful in the event? Assu assuming let's just let's just let's just assume the eventuality of like making contact with aliens. <clears throat> like the like that that will well that that 
the odds that this type of work will end up helping in that, I mean, zero percent. Like, like I, I can tell you right now, zero <clears> percent. <throat> like also, I, because I think they got, I, I think they're approaching it. I, I think they got the ET. They thing need to wrong bring here. you on. I think they got the ET thing wrong. Here. <clears throat> but from a from a communicating with with intelligent beings that already exist on this earth, I think that's fucking really neat. Oh, definitely. You know, it's like how, like, I mean, obviously, it's going to have a lot obviously, of like, I feel benefits. like Donut. Can, like understands me. Like, well, he does in a lot of ways. Sure, but not the way. It's like we we anthropomorphize even that. We anthropomorphize the way that he interprets me telling him to sit. It's not that he knows that I am saying, "Hey, I want you to sit your bum down on the floor right now." That's not what's happening. Well, he is, but he's, he's a, just he responding is. to a thing that has been like trained into him. Yeah. How fucking but that's a rad. Would that's it what be? we're doing in a lot of ways. Uh, no, though, but not really, not really. It's like so. Okay, here, here's here's where there is like. I mean, we we've taken it into the space of ideas, things that we construct in our head, right? But but before I, but they just can't do that. But, but before ma- the ideas, it's all actions. But and here's my point: is that we have per- actions. Perhaps they ourselves. perhaps they can on a level that we just don't really know. And if you had the opportunity to inquire about that, where where you had a shared language or or shared communicate like communicating method that you could pull those things out that would be fucking radical that would be so cool it would be so cool to have a conversation with my dog yeah you know it would be i mean it, it is also there is also something that is you know perfectly and amazingly innocent about so many species that don't have to be wrapped up in the bullshit that is having a brain that can think like ours does, you know? Yeah. Like dogs, like dogs are perfect because they're just little Buddhas. They're just like, they're constantly present. They're only in the moment that they're living in, you know, they sleep when they want to sleep, they eat when they want to eat, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But they, but they aren't though. They're not only in the moment that they live in. You got to think about like traumatized dogs and things like that. Right. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, and the, the other part that I find oh, yeah. interesting I mean, is yeah. that if we treat them right there, there's, there's, which says a lot about humans. When yeah. I read this, I was thinking about this the other day too, about like the, 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 I was thinking about consciousness, right? And it's like, I, I know that I am a conscious being. I don't know what consciousness is, but I know that I have a consciousness and I know that you have a consciousness and you and I relate to one another in that way that we both are on this like we're on the same level in terms of the, the uh, being that that is aware of consciousness, not really aware of what the fuck it is. But we like we recognize it in each other. We recognize it in humans. But we also recognize it in dogs and dogs recognize it in us. But we just like. But we don't know what the fuck it is. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, like this is a this, this guy is a fucking this guy. This guy is a being that has a conscience. His consciousness in him, and we and and we both him and I recognize it. But we don't know what the like. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what that is. But he recognizes it in me. I recognize it in him. You're way too cute right now, buddy. I know. Fuck. I know. He's so cute. The more we're talking like, about your consciousness, dude, we got, we, 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 got we got his haircut. And he looks like a fucking marsupial of some kind. He looks like so he just cute. came down from the tree. Donut, I love you.
Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Okay. Isn't it so fucking nuts that we're just that there's so many species on Earth and there's just the one of us that that that's it's fucking crazy <clears throat> wow. that has figured out all this shit. Like he knows that there's other dogs in the world, yeah, but he has no concept of like he has no concept. These are the highest thoughts. He has no concept of like that. There's you know here and then there's also there. Yeah, like, like there's another country or there's right. another like breed of dog like he, dude like it's, when this guy sees a horse what he's yeah he's just like holy fuck <laughs> yeah that's a huge one yeah like, that one's way bigger than any of the other ones i've seen it's so and it's so crazy seeing zaya come online and like how you you can see a, a little child as as a as like you're like well to me like compared to me you know so little. And I mean that from like an information standpoint. Like you just have such, such an idiot. You just have such, such a you just have such little, <laughs> right. Little you just have such brain. a small amount of information in your brain compared to the information that I have in my brain for obvious reasons. But then when you think about how quickly they become so intelligent yeah. compared to every other species on the planet, yeah. you're like, dude, you've been alive for a year and a half. You still look, you're still a, a literally a miniature person yeah. and you are light years ahead of every other species that has ever inhabited this planet ever. But sort of, I mean, again, it's like, do we, do we know that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do we like, exactly like, here's my point. Like, like, um, you know, the, the, like, like octopi because or, I, or mycelium, like that's another one where it's like it, there could be an intelligence there that is so far beyond our comprehension of what the fuck that is. We just, we're just too, we're just too dumb to see it. We're just too dumb to hear it. We're just too dumb to, to like, we don't have the filter to be able to, it's, it's like the idea of like, oh, we see the world. We see the fucking world, but we don't see, we don't see shit. I know what you we mean. We just see what the cones and rods allow us to see. But if we, you know, if you look through the eyes of whatever it be, another animal, or you look through the lens of something that allows you to see different fucking, you know, the different wavelengths of light. Like, my point is that I think we like to think that we are the highest of intelligence on this planet. But I don't, I don't know if there's a way for us to actually prove that. I think that I think that what I understand what you mean, but I think we what we need to do and what we have done is that we've defined intelligence in a way. And one major way in which we've defined intelligence is to say that we along the lines figured out how to use tools that fit into the appendages that we possess. Right. And that has allowed us to do a fuckload of things. And although I'm sure that there are ways of communicating with other species that would help us unlock more of what they're understanding and how they're experiencing the world around them, I feel like that is at least the best definition of intelligence that we can, that we can go off of is to go, 
there's a reason, although we know that like elephants and octopi and dolphins and things like that are like way more intelligent than most other animal species. <clears throat> I think we can, I think we can be pretty sure that we, and we could use the definition of you haven't figured out how to use a tool that fits into the appendages that you have to basically put yourself into like a different environment or to create new environments for yourself that bring you out of this sort of um, like base function that you are within. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's like a, that that's like a way in which we've been able to measure or, or quantify intelligence by going, we figured this out and then we leapt forward because of that. You haven't done that yet. And so there is a massive gap in intelligence for that reason. Right. But that's based on <clears throat> that definition of intelligence, right? So another species could yeah. go... I mean, yeah, we're oh, just going to go around yeah, in circles with that. I but. mean, yeah, because another species could go, right, sure, you figured that out. Good for you. But also, that's, that, like, that, that has nothing to do with whatever. Like, and so are you, saying, like, are you saying, like, okay, well, then maybe octopi... Maybe they had that opportunity, but they but they were so intelligent that they went. We understand the meaning of life. Sure, yeah. And the meaning yeah, of right. life is actually to do nothing and just to be exactly as we are. Uh, well, I mean, I w yes, but yes and no. Like, yes, yeah, may perhaps, maybe, maybe that was maybe that was it. Maybe maybe uh, octopus were like, um, okay, yeah, but that's that actually has nothing to do with the meaning of life, and the meaning of life is this other thing that that you like that you don't have any any ability to wrap your head around because you don't have any sort of, you have nothing to compare it to, nothing to relate to it. So what could that be? Who fucking knows? I don't know. But again, my, my whole point is that you, like, I agree with you. I agree with you. We have evolved to a point where we can do all these things that an octopus can't do. But that's just our interpretation of what we think like the what we think of the hierarchy of of a species should should be and is based on the things that we have done but there yeah. is there's a great possibility i get it that that's that's so narrow minded because it's just not taking into consideration yep the the infinite possibilities of what <clears throat> i mean we've already done that through we've already done a we've life, already right? done the same thing within the human species which is create um which is create um, like the, the system of capitalism is like, okay, it's a, think of it as a game. And it's like, if you're good at the game, then, then in the, in the structure that we have, you're seen as like valuable. Right. Um, you measure, yeah. But, you measure your success by how well you did at the game yeah. of money. So if that's the game, if that's right. the game that's that everyone's playing, because that's how we've defined value. Right. Then like, that's how you're going to be defined as valuable. There are plenty of people who are shitty at that game and for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, and, and, and they get deemed as unvaluable by a lot of people, although that's not necessarily the right. truth, but because we've set up the standard that is, this is what value is. Value, right. value is being good at this game. And because that is the game, we have a hard time seeing outside of that. Even though there could be multiple, there could be other games. Right. Just say, just, yep. just say. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I think we got to be open to the uh, the possibility that because when it when it when it when it all comes to light, when the uh, when our overlords land and there here, will be another game. Yeah. 
I don't know when that is. Yeah. I think that I think the new I think the new game for humans starts when AI uh I think it's gonna start before the singularity, but it will but by the time the singularity happens for the sure new game for sure the new game will be Sims well fi- underway. Sims five and we're the Sims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh okay, I'm just gonna blast this one out really quick. Did uh did, did Kyla have um what do they call it? Pregnancy sickness? No. They, what, what's the name for that? Morning sickness? Morning sickness. Did she have uh, bad morning sickness? No. She never. She didn't get it either time. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Sweet. So uh, so this is, this is new news. Uh, Cambridge-led team published in Nature uh, that they have, they have maybe kind of pinpointed the causes of nausea and vomiting in pregnancy. Mm. And it's specifically focused on a condition known as hypermesis grav, uh, gravidarum. HG. Uh, I should say she 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 got nosh she got nausea particularly this time. Oh yeah, Kyle's pregnant right now. Interesting. Just, okay, FYI for the audience. Um, uh, but never, but not like morning nausea. Okay. Which I which I think morning like actually like wake sure. up and be sick I, in the I, morning is pretty specific. But okay, yeah, I think this is more so just like nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, but, but never vomiting, which is interesting. So here are the key fi- key findings: uh, a hormone called GDF one five. Uh, it is a hormone produced by the fetus and it's, it plays a key factor in causing nausea and vomiting in pregnancy. And the severity of the mother's sickness is linked to the amount of GDF one five produced by the fetus mm-hmm. and the mother's pre-pregnancy exposure to said hormone. Right. You're, it's said that you're supposed to get less with each pregnancy. So women with normally low levels of GDF-1,5 are at a higher risk of severe nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. And conversely, women with conditions like beta uh, thalassemia, who have naturally high GDF-1,5 levels, tend to experience less pregnancy sickness. Now, there's a genetic variant, uh, and and that hypermesis gravidarum uh, which is a rare genetic variant associated with a higher risk of HG correlates to the lower levels of GD15 outside of pregnancy. Um, so the study suggests that potential for pre- uh, preventing pregnancy sickness by increasing a woman's tolerance to GD15 before pregnancy. Mm. Uh, mice experiments indicated that exposure to a long-acting form of GD15 F15 built up tolerance, preventing sickness when later exposed to higher levels of the hormone. And the, this finding opens avenues for developing treatments that block GDF15 from reaching its receptor in the mother's brain. Uh, so HG, that 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 um, that genetic variant, is is a severe form of pregnancy sickness and affects one to three in a hundred pregnancies, and it's the common most cause of hospital admissions in the first trimester. And there is a general lack of awareness and effective treatment for HG which often leaves many women inadequately treated. And so this research marks a significant advance in understanding pregnancy sickness and opens new paths to treatment and prevention, which is, uh, which is pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah. I mean that like, that's the type of, um, all based on a gene, just like, Oh, I had, I didn't, I didn't have any of that gene and now I'm fucked. Yeah. I mean, on a lot of levels, that's basically what's happening with everything, with everything yeah. on some, on, uh, you know, the lower you go. Yeah. That is crazy. I feel like that is that to kind of crazy that we don't have a fucking treatment for that already. You know, it's like, I I feel um, like, like, man, we've been getting pregnant for (sighs) a long time. Honestly, 
two thousand years. Honestly, when you when you when you um, when you think about it, there are um, there are a lot, and this is this is something that I've I've kind of like learned through the whole like um, the dive into the longevity like health span uh, lane is that we have we have pharmacological interventions for so many things but they're mostly shitty like like compared to what we you'd want them to be they're usually fairly shitty like um it, like uh statins for um for like heart uh, for like blood pressure stuff those are like some of the most like incredible um like pharmacological inventions um, or like, like Trikafta is like, mm. is like, a, a, is Pretty a trippy one is like a, a, an example of just like an incredible pharmacological pharmacological intervention. But there are tons of stuff that we just don't have good pharmacology for. And I think that's probably because like every time you think you've got an answer, the answer actually just like poses a new problem mm. with pharmacology. I think that's, that seems to be the thing, like the the side effect that happens when you solve the problem is actually just great is greater than the original problem or equal to the original problem or whatever. Um, but when you get, but if you can get something that just goes, hey, um, you know, like something like something really simple, like an iron supplement, like your iron typically goes way down when you're pregnant. So it's like, um, you know, so this varies, this varies by doctor or OB, but um you know, some, some OBs will just go, you're pregnant, iron supplement. We don't even need, we're not even going to, they're not even going to take, they're not even going to, they're not even going to, they're not even going to test your blood for what your iron is. Cause they go at some point your iron's going to go down in pregnancy cause it just does. And so it, that might be six months from now, but there's not really a harm for giving you for having like a little excess iron, um, with a supplement. So I'm just going to do it now. Um, same with this this thing if you could figure out how to just go okay we're we know gonna you, we know you, we're gonna give you the yeah. gdf one five yeah. you're four weeks you're pill. four weeks pregnant like yeah. this is what yeah. we do this or is you're like starting standard to, you're trying protocol. so like take this while yeah. you're trying standard protocol yeah. for um standard protocol once we know you're pregnant you take this and it yeah. just like eliminates this hopefully with no side effect that's the part that yeah you know, that's the that's the question mark with a lot of things is going what's the actual what's the side effect what does yeah. it bring up when you when you block this receptor or whatever Let's get into. Okay. <laughs> this uh, this this story. Is this the dildo thing? Did you say some about dildos at the beginning? No, you did. Said vibrators are for more than just your genitals. Oh, vibrators! You said vibrator. I heard dildo. <laughs> well, you know where you get your mind out of the gutter, buddy. That's right. Yep. Because it was a vibrating pill. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, but I guess if you, t if you took that pill as a suppository, right. is it still a pill? Or and if it's on. Right. And if they're beads, are they anal beads? <laughs> uh, so it turns out that sniffing women's tears reduces aggression in men. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, this is, this is very interesting. So, um, a new study published in Ploth. <laughs> Did you just say that as a, as a, is that the German Ploth? 
<laughs> is that what that is? It's is PLOS it? biology plus biology. Uh, <laughs> researchers have discovered that human tears possess the remarkable ability to reduce aggression in men. This finding is not only uh, not only challenges the long-held belief that tears are merely for eye protection, but also suggests that they play a significant role in human interaction, human social interaction. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, um, but fr- from a from like a from like a uh, a, a sort of like a biological yeah, yeah like like how ants smell other ants' pheromones and it changes the way they behave or like where to go or how to attack or whatever. Same. It's kind of like that. Uh, the study was motivated by the long-standing mystery surrounding the purpose of human emotional tears. While Charles Darwin once thought weeping to be an incidental re- uh, result of evolution, more recent research has indicated that tears could serve as a form of social chemosignaling. That was the word I was looking for. A way of conveying chemical signals between individuals. So it's not, it's not seeing it. It's literally, it's literally the... Whatever's wafting off that fucking thing going into your olfactory senses like is having a an effect on the way that you socialize or or you know or react or don't react. Uh quote, we are interested in human behavior and what makes us do things, why and how, said study author Noam Sobel, the director of the Weissman Olfaction Research Group. With this very big picture, the smaller picture we are studying is a topic referred to as chemical communication. Humans, like all terrestrial animals, communicate meaningful information by in body odor, and this effect uh, affects behavior. We're interested in understanding these chemicals and ensuring behaviors, uh, ensuing behaviors, including their brain mechanisms. The researchers conducted a series of three experiments to investigate the potential role of human tears in conveying social chemical signals, particularly focusing on their impact on male aggression. These experiments were designed to explore different aspects of the phenomenon, from behavioral responses to the activation of specific olfactory receptors, and finally, to the brain's response to these signals. So the way that they did it is, uh, (laughs) it's pretty funny. In the first experiment, they took 31 healthy men and to get the tears, they were collected from six women who could who could easily cry while watching a sad movie, which I just like <laughs> the thought of like the collection of the tears for the experiment is just funny to me. It's like some fucking lady like watching a I don't know the Notebook or something, and then she just starts crying, and then there's like dudes in lab coats going like okay, oh, and they like come over, and they're just putting shit on her face while she's like just, oh, trying to. I kind of think of them as uh, enjoy I'm, the I'm movie. thinking of them as like. Um, as like the ball boys at tennis matches, yeah. They're like they're trying they to make, run in, grab a yeah. grab a single tear, yeah. run out. They like make themselves invisible <laughs> until yeah. the until the moment where they're yeah. needed. So these tears were then used in the primary stimulus in the experiment. So for control, saline uh, was trickled down the cheek of a woman and collected. The male participants were exposed to either tears or saline in a double blind setup. During the experiment, the men sniffed the tears or saline and then played a game designed to measure their aggression levels. Uh, you're not going to believe the game they played. It was Postal 2. Uh, is this for... Uh, is, uh, is he peeing? Is he peeing on him? Yeah. Or is he peeing? Yeah, he peed on him and then I, blew his see, fucking brains I out. I have no idea if you're telling the truth or not. I, no, no. It's actually a game <laughs> called uh, The Point Subtraction Aggression Paradigm. Oh. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, which is this. This is actually it. 
The point subtraction aggression paradigm is a computer behavioral task measuring aggression in response to provocation. <laughs> this is a, this During is, this task, an adolescent can earn money by repeatedly pressing a button marked A, protect their earned money by repeatedly pressing C, or take money from an opponent by repeatedly pressing B. Their bank's real-time total is displayed on a facing computer screen. Regardless of their selections, an unseen, fictitious opponent will periodically deduct money from the participant's account. <laughs> participants' approach to earn, protect, or steal back money during this task can help investigators identify whether or not the adolescent has a high measure of aggression in response to provocation. Okay, so for people that couldn't see it, what? Uh, it's just a kid standing in front of three buttons, and they're just, ju they're just fucking just mashing the shit out of the button to try to make sure their money's not taken. Which is 30 cents, by the way. How fucking hilarious is it that they've got grown-ass men doing this game and just being like, come on, motherfucker. Come on. Come on. Fuck. Come on. Come on. Yeah, keep my 30 cents. Fuck. Come on. Sorry. No, fuck. Fuck. They took, they took 10 cents. Like, dude. Just, <laughs> losing their minds. And then, I would and just then, go then, into that and thing. Then, and, and then, then they go, like, sniff this, sniff this, sniff <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, 10 cents not so bad. It's not so bad. Uh, Dude, I would just go into that and be like, how is this supposed to measure my I know. <laughs> but but obviously. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it it apparently provokes aggressive responses. They probably just got really angry dudes. Um, it's just, just, just a bunch of like guys that wear affliction and like tap out and brought them See, in. See, I have a way better way of doing this is that they, all they have to do is get everybody to play an opponent that they can't beat. In FIFA. In, in Monopoly. No, FIFA's a 15-minute game. Yeah. You play a 15-minute game, and not winning in FIFA is extremely provocative. Yeah. Well, speaking of provocative, the findings of this experiment were pretty striking. Exposed to tears led to a 43.7% reduction in aggression among the participants compared to when they were exposed to saline. Um, forty percent reduction is not something that is typically seen in lab settings," said Sobel. The second they did multiple experiments, the second one, the team shifted focus to understand how the human body detects and processes these tear signals. They tested sixty-two different human olfactory receptors, the proteins responsible for detecting smells, using a cell-based system. And the goal was to see if any of these receptors responded specifically to the collected tears. Uh, and this time, the researchers found. Four out of the 62 receptors showed reaction to the tears. Um, so they're literally narrowing it down to like, okay, they are having a reaction. Where is it coming from? What is happening? Uh, the result indicates that certain receptors in the human nose are capable of detecting signals from tears, even though the tears themselves do not have a noticeable smell. It, also, it was also surprising to learn that the olfactory system's smell receptors can react to tears despite their lack of odor, said Shani Agron. Um, mammals mostly receive chemical signals through the accessory olfactory systems, but humans have only, uh, only have a primary olfactory system. And this discovery is the first of its kind and suggests that the primary olfactory system in humans may have a more diverse range of functions than previously believed. Uh, they did a third experiment where they, they did the same thing with these men and they were, they were, uh, reading their brains through an fMRI machine. And there was a very significant um, sort of spike in activity in the brain, a certain region of the brain, when exposed to these 
tear, the tears of a woman. Um, now, you might be asking, they check this on the men. <clears throat> what about the other way around? Um, so our key focus is to find the active molecule. Okay. Uh, st- uh, the study, a chemical signer in- signal in human female tears, lowers aggression in males, was authored, um, but they haven't gotten around to it. Uh, they said, they, we didn't study the response in female participants uh, because we, this is an incredibly expensive experiment to run. <laughs> Which also just sounds funny. Just like, just collecting tears. Um, I know it's much more, <laughs> much more advanced than that, but it just, it feels that way. Uh, expensive in funds, but more expensive in time, uh, which is also funds. Uh, thus, we wanted to start where we had higher chances of seeing an effect. We knew that sniffing tears lowers testosterone and lowering testosterone has a greater effect on aggression in men than in women. So we started with them, uh, but they, they must, however, now replicate in women to obtain a fuller picture of the behavior. Oh, so they haven't done it yet. No, not yet. Um, now it's funny because I, I, when, as I was reading this, it made me think of a, of a paraphilia that I heard talked about recently, um, which is dacrophilia, uh, which is a pair, a form of a paraphilia in which one is aroused by tears or sobbing. Uh, the term comes from the Greek word, uh, dacry or dacry meaning tears and philia meaning love. Uh, not much research has been con- conducted on dacrophilia. Uh, and the few studies that exist have been conducted online, often with small sample sizes. But one 2014 study interviewed eight people with dacrophilia. Uh, three of them happen to be involved in BDSM. And the paraphilia may also be experienced by those who do not consider themselves a dominant or submissive and are motivated by compassion. So it's not just like tears of like pain or, you know, um, uh, you know, from like the BDSM side of things, but it, it, could, it there's people that get aroused when their partner cries during a movie or from like normal emotional vulnerability and strong feelings of love that may make a partner cry during intercourse. Hmm. Interesting. That Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I mean, and it's also, it, it's interesting to think about um, how that's actually happening on like a, <clears throat> on like a receptor, uh, like neurological level. Um, uh, rather than, rather than like the psychological thing, because that's obviously the the thing that you would think of, and that I think everybody has always thought of, right? For the most part, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. you see somebody cry; it's very disarming. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, it's and you're like, because what you're, it's it's the visual <clears throat> haptic feedback. You're seeing this thing, and you go, "Oh, yeah. now I feel this way." And yeah. it's like if you've ever been in a part, like in a, in a fight with a partner, yeah, oh, yeah, and like it results in tears, and it's like an immediate, there's an immediate like. Yeah, yeah. Next time okay. I get in a fight with Kira, if she if she starts crying, I'm just gonna run Plug up, grab nose. her face, and just go. <laughs> it's okay. This is no, it's okay. No, this no, is gonna no, lower no. my testosterone. It's no, gonna no, make no, me no, a lot no, less no. less aggressive. No, no, you plug your nose with a clothespin and keep screaming. <laughs> You're not gonna trick me. <laughs> Put your tears away. <laughs> oh fuck. I love you. And I miss you. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, Welcome to the year 2024. Wow. I hope you have a great year. Oh, oh, fuck. I meant to do this. But I guess both of you guys aren't here. But last year, last the last episode of 2022, leading into 2023, before the new year, 
we were talking about our New Year's resolutions. And we said, we don't like the word resolution. And we came up with the New Year's challenge. Do you remember what your New Year's challenge was? I don't. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what it was. And then you tell me. Probably something to do with being a dad. No, uh, yeah, there was that, but you added another one on there. Oh, okay. So you wanted to be more present as a dad. Yep. Check. Nailed it. Okay. Here's the other one. You also said. Still could do more, but. Sure. Doing pretty good. You also said that you wanted the year 2023 to be the year for strong bones. To which you were going to run in order to do that. Do you feel like you hit your challenge for 2023? Um, I ran more in 2023 than I've ever run in my life. Oh, there you go. It's not uh, nearly as much as I would like to run. Uh, I ran 10K yesterday. Okay. Um, and Off to a good start for 2024. I am going to run my own little half marathon around the perimeter of the peninsula by the end of this month. All right. I'm Sweet. hoping. Sounds like 2023 challenge was made. Maybe mid-2020. Cool. Maybe mid-Feb, but. We'll ask Brian next week. Um, I mean, and, and by that, I should say that's my just that's just my leg bones. Um, I still need to do more for my bones up top. Yeah. Which is going to the gym or calisthenic type stuff, which yeah. is easier for me to do. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens in 2024. Yep. Uh, folks, hope you enjoyed that. And thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, come on over to Discord. Links in the show notes. Have a conversation with us. Have a conversation with the people that listen to the show. Uh, lots of fun happening over there on discord and, uh, and Hey, if you've just like had a surgery or something and you got some gnarly photos of like your liver that was taken out of your body because it was full of tumors and you know, a nurse was like, well, I'll, we'll take a photo of this big old fucking thing we took out of them. And, and then they sent it to you and then you have it and you're like, I don't know what to do with this photo. You can come to discord and we have a graphic, uh, content channel just for shit like that. Right. So you don't have to share that photo with people that are grossed out by it anymore. You can you share, can share it with us with a community of people that really want to see it. That's right. You share it with us because uh, we've got a, I wonder if there's a uh, dacrophilia for like people that like yeah. looking at gnarly and shit. people in our discord. They want to see it for a whole bunch of different reasons, and a whole bunch of different reasons, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. And if you want to reach out. Then reach out. Uh, Sickboypodcast.com. You know, there's a button there. You can be a guest on the show. Um, you could write us uh, through that form and tell us about somebody that we should have on the show. You could write it in a letter, babe. Do you remember that one? Is that All Saints? Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Jeff Lonis. Shout out to Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. Big old shout out to uh, Annika, uh, our production assistant. Shout out to fucking cbc podcast uh love you guys big big old big old shout out to take part and rich o'coin and uh my mom and his mom mm-hmm. and donuts mom mm-hmm. and uh and thanks for thanks for all the help that all you all have done to help us do this show have a blessed 2024 that is it for this week i'm taylor and i'm jeremy and this is sick boy blessed be the fruit
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.